18 degrees as the sun comes up over the great city of Toronto, a city in considerable debt. Mark Tui is here, advisor to business and political leaders, but it also helps with our story this morning. He used to be the chief of staff to a mayor of Toronto. So, Mark Tui, let's talk about Toronto struggling with his finances. Looks like we're having a, I don't know if we can call it a come to Jesus moment, but nobody's going to ride in and give us the money. We're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, and we're not going to figure this out until we learn how to say no to some of the brilliant but incredibly expensive, you know, really maybe nice to have for a few, you know, particular small segments of the population. City Council can't say no uh, to anything when it comes to spending, and they'll always sort of justify spending by saying, oh, it's only $10 million. I mean, you know, we have a budget challenge of this. Well, $10 million quickly becomes $100 million, quickly becomes a billion dollars. It's the small things that matter. And so Toronto has always had and still has a massive spending problem. They have a thousand small pet projects of city councillors and they fund all of them. The bureaucracy bloats. They don't even know how many people they employ. Uh, That's the number one problem. So you can add all the taxes you want, but it'll never be enough. And the one way to make, you know, if there's one way not to make the city more affordable, it's by making it more expensive. Okay, so there's a scene, I think it's the movie Dave, where he just whips out a pencil and starts trying to balance the budget. I mean, if you were at City Hall and you could pull out a list of all of the services and stupidities that we spend money on, what would you start cutting? Uh, the Toronto Zoo. We did uh, a lot of research on that during uh, the time that I was at uh, City Hall, and even the left-leaning councillors weren't that interested in saving it. When we went to the public for consultations and we said, which things would you spend money on, and we allowed them to pick everything, nobody picked the zoo. The zoo loses money. I'm not saying get rid of the zoo, but I am saying that there were two unsolicited proposals in the time that I was there from companies that run zoos around the the world and make money doing it to either buy it from the city or to run it at a profit and pay the city for the right to do that that's not going to balance the problems but you need to actually take action you know we did a comprehensive core services review and it found hundreds of millions of dollars in savings some of them we realized but have still of this city council's put that money back in and uh, other things the city council kind of yeah let's do this but they just never actually executed it Uh, The province is launching a review of drug consumption sites. I don't know if this is necessarily debatable because I I, I need to know what, what are the terms? You know, what is it you're evaluating of them and are you thinking of canceling them? Yeah, no, I I agree. You know, until you know what actually the review is about and who's doing it, uh, you don't really know too much to comment. But I will say this. I think it's important to take a more holistic view of these sites than we have been in the past. We've been entirely focused on reducing the harm for the, frankly, proportionally few people who go inside to use drugs. And we have been completely ignoring the massive increase in harm to the people, you know, the, the majority of people who don't, uh, the communities around them. These things become magnets for drug dealers and the petty crime and the violence that attends to them because drug addicts, who are the people using inside, they don't go across town with drugs in their pocket. You know, they use close to where they buy, and that's why these places are where they are, and that's why the drug dealers are right outside.
An eviction notice, which turned out to be fake, was served on encampment residents in Allen Gardens. Uh, I'll let you take this in any direction because I don't know what my thoughts are. It's, a, it's not the biggest story in the world, but it, there's an intrigue about it. Yeah, I think it kind of shows somebody is obviously so frustrated that they've decided to do this. Partly, it's uh, obviously a political stunt because it pointed the finger at the Mayor Olivia Chow. Uh, but it, I think, does speak to the community's frustration with the city's inability to have parks uh, serviceable for the purpose that they were created. I will say, though, that it's not helpful, uh, whoever's doing this, to try to either spark action or point political blame. Uh, this does not help things. I mean, the city, in every case, when it has moved in to evict uh, homeless people from any public property, they have always gone in advance numerous times, usually daily, uh, to speak to people and to try to find alternative uh, solutions for them. The city never comes in with, uh, you know, the, the a fist before it's tried to do everything else. And usually the only people that put up any resistance are not the, the homeless people in tents. It's the, their entourage of uh, never asked for a not even that welcome amongst the homeless activists who want to make a fight of it with City Hall. The Scarborough RT is uh, decommissioned in the moment owing to the fact that it derailed and it was already supposed to be suspended or ended by November. So I guess the question would be, is it dead? And if so, um, you know, how impoverished are people in Scarborough? Uh, as impoverished as they've always been, and uh, you know, by the looks of it, probably always will be. Uh, Scarborough is always forgotten in uh, transit has been ignored by mayor after mayor after mayor uh, by and large Rob Ford made it an issue because uh, he found support there and uh, they supported him because of it but nobody else ever did and I think it's probably wise to keep it closed unless they can find that it's perfectly safe. They're, they are going to close it in November, but that could very well be extended. Um, this little weird contraption, the Scarborough RT, was never supposed to last this long. It was never a good thing, even when it started. No, it's it was like something from a fairground. A pet program. Yeah, it was, it, it was a test project of a, a Canadian supplier of new technology, and the government, you know, it was never part of the transit plan. The government just bolted it on to sort of support an Ontario transit maker, and it never really worked. I was lamenting earlier in the show, I don't know if you were listening, that, you know, Transit City would have transformed Scarborough, but it was canceled, and I should note by your guy, Rob Ford. Do you think that that was a mistake? I think that you have a very romanticized mythology that you have in your head about what this, the Transit City was supposed to do. If you look at it, it was never designed uh, to add nodes to the system. It was always designed as a branch and sort of, uh, uh, you know, a trunk uh, model to build and feed people into the one existing subway, when what Toronto has always needed is more crossovers. Networks uh, increase their value and utility with the number of interconnections they have. Yeah not by the number of branches they have. And Transit City was all branch, no intersection. Uh, see, I would disagree with you there. Because, I'm looking at the map right now. All so right, I have to call have the map. have a long up. talk over a beer, perhaps. Okay, because <laughs> as mentioned earlier in the show, I think one of the shameful aspects of the way transit is planned in this town is the idea that it's about getting people from elsewhere into the downtown. And people in Scarborough just want to get around Scarborough. 
Yeah, but a lot of people in Scarborough would love to work downtown because downtown you make more money. That that I mean, there is some truth to the fact that you know the downtown is the downtown. But the Scar Transit City was created literally on a napkin. It and it supplanted, you know, decades of subway focused transit planning by the TTC in the space of a two week period. And it came out of the political side uh, with uh, David Miller's uh, administration and Adam Jambroni. It was never a function of the civil service. So, uh, yeah, six of one, half dozen the other, I guess. Okay, so I've been mentioning as well that everybody's captivated by a bad tip, and I guess people always will be. I think one of the great character flaws in an individual is if they're a crappy tipper or they mistreat servers. In this case, the bill was $109, and the tip was $6.59. And then they wrote on the uh, tab, you were great, we're going to come back and ask for you. Yeah, it's a uh, look. I I think I'm a reasonable tipper. I typically will leave twenty percent on the gross. A lot of people look at the net before taxes or before liquor. Uh, this was a bar tab, uh, but I also think equally, you know, horrific people are those who are in service business who expect that they're entitled to more than the charge because they expect that somehow a tip is mandatory. It's not. It's designed to be, you know, a gratuity, literally. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Take care. Yeah, actually, I tip on the full-on balance, which means I'm actually tipping on tax. And uh, we decided a long time ago that we'd tip 20%. But uh, this particular tip, um, I'd have to do the quick calculation, but it's, I mean, $109 and $6.50, it's basically 6%. Cheapskates.